Good afternoon, Predators fans, and thank you for tuning in to Penalty Box Radio. I am Sam Fleming, contributor and broadcaster for Penalty Box Radio, here to give you a preview of tonight's Nashville Predators versus Minnesota Wild matchup at the Bridgestone Arena. The first time the Preds will see a team that they have already played this season and a wild team that's been slow out of the gates but on a two-game win streak heading in the game, into the game tonight. We'll also check in on what's on tap for the NHL this evening and talk about one of the teams that's had a surprising start to the season, uh, the Edmonton Oilers, led by a former Nashville Predator, which we'll get discussing on that later and answer a fan question that I received on Twitter. But let's start with the game tonight, a Central Division matchup uh, the Predators taking on the Minnesota Wild. Very excited about this game tonight. Um, the Preds took them on in the season opener, the home opener, uh, at the Bridgestone Arena back at the beginning of October. The final score was 5-2 to two in what was a very interesting game for the Preds. They got the first goal of the game from Ryan Ellis very early into the second period. And then two quick goals at the latter stage of the second from Jason Zucker and Matt Dumba saw the Minnesota Wild take the lead heading into the third period of play. But it was the Preds' third period, the strongest period they had in that game. Goals from Mikhail Granlund against his former team. Austin Watson ended up popping in the, uh, the game winner where he was down on the ice, a beautiful goal from Watson. And then Victor Arvidsson picked up where he left off last season, his first of the year, um, with a beautiful goal, and then finished off by Philip Forsberg's empty net goal to seal the Preds' first win of the season in the first game of the season. So, we look at the current standings. For the Central Division, the Preds are second in the Central Division behind the red-hot Colorado Avalanche. The Preds are 5-3-1 with 11 points on the season. 38 goals for, 32 goals against for a plus-six goal differential. That offense has been on fire. The most goals in the Central Division to above the Colorado Avalanche. Taking on the Minnesota Wild, who currently sit at the bottom of the Central Division uh, with three, uh, three wins and six losses, 21 goals for, 32 goals against a minus 11 goal differential, and sitting on six points are the Minnesota Wild. But they are coming in on a two-game win streak. So maybe the Wild looking to pick up some momentum, but they will have to do it without their star goaltender tonight. Devin Dubnik went down with an injury in Tuesday night's game for the Wild. Again, the number one goalie for Minnesota who had a brief stint here in Nashville, but Minnesota was where he really got his career back on track. Dubnik statistics this year in seven games played, two wins, five losses, and a 3.92 goals against average. Basketball. Apologies, series going off in the corner. But a 3.92 uh, 
uh, goals against average and a .880 save percentage uh, for Devin Dubnik. The starting goalie we expect to see for the Minnesota Wild is Alex Stalock, their backup in four, four appearances this year. Uh, Stalock is uh, one in one with a 1.64 goals against average and a .942 uh, save percentage. He has one shutout on the year, so his only win was a shutout. But we expect Stalock between the pipes. Uh, looking at the Wild statistics, they don't have any players who have really stood out this season, but their leading scorer is a name that some Preds fans may remember. Uh, it's Brad Hunt, the defenseman for the Wild in nine games played. He's got four goals and two assists for six points and a plus-minus of plus one. So the defenseman Brad Hunt, who's been an NHL journeyman, uh, leads the Wild in scoring. He's followed behind by Eric Stahl with two goals and three assists in nine games played for five points. But here's the stat for Stahl that really stands out. He's a minus seven on the year so far for the Wild. Uh, Ryan Suter in nine games played, one goal, four assists, five points, minus four for Suter. And then Jordan Greenway, nine uh, games played, five assists for five points and a plus one. Uh, some other notable names, Jason Zucker, nine games played, three goals, one assist for four points and a minus two. Uh, Zach Parise with three goals for three points is a minus seven. And then uh, former Nashville Predator Kevin Fiala, seven games played, one assist for a minus four rating and one point. So the Wild have been off to a little bit of a slow start in the Central Division, but a team that we all know can pick up the pace and turn the game, turn their game around and make some runs in the playoffs. They did have a bit of a struggle last season, and so far they really haven't had the offense unlike the Nashville Predators, who let's get into their statistics this season. Uh, they are led by a defenseman right now. Uh, Ryan Ellis in nine games played with a one goal, but 11 assists for Ellis for 12 total points, and he has a plus eight rating, which is really nice to see for Ellis. Again, he had that leg injury back in the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's kind of taken some time to get back going. But it's good to see Ryan Ellis playing well again for the Predators. And then, no surprise, the guy who had three assists in that first game of the season against them uh, against the Minnesota Wild, Matt Duchesne right behind him. Uh, in nine games played, he has two goals and nine assists for 11 points. A minus one rating followed uh, behind him is Roman Yossi in nine games played. The captain has four goals and five assists. Uh, for nine points and is a plus five. So it's nice to see the defenseman uh, with good high plus minus ratings. Uh, Victor Arvidsson, nine games played, five goals, three assists for eight points and a plus three for Arvey. Uh, Phil Forsberg, who's been out of the lineup a little bit for the Predators with um, some injuries, uh, five goals, three assists for eight points and an even plus minus rating. But here's been the good uh, for the Predators to see is Kyle Turris with a much better st start for Nashville. 
Nine games played, three goals, four assists for seven points at a minus two rating. Exactly the production you want to see from Torres after a little bit of a down season. He's really picked it up for the Preds. Maybe with Duchesne coming in, not as much pressure uh, on Kyle Torres, and I'll give my thoughts a little bit more on that. Ryan Johansson, nine games played, two goals, five assists for seven points. Again, we expect the Preds to probably go with Pecorine tonight. Uh, in six games played, he has five wins uh, and one overtime loss and a 2.31 goals against average and a .921 save percentage. So, this should be a very good game. The Wild and the Preds games always tend to be very exciting to watch. Again, that season opener here in Nashville was very entertaining to say the least, had Preds fans on the edge of their seats until the very end as Nashville got their first of many frosty games this season um, with a 5-2 victory. But again, it was the coming out party and the welcome uh, to Smashville for Matt Duchesne with three assists. And Duchesne, a guy that when you watch him in person, you see how much of a difference he's made for the Preds, and he's done phenomenal work, and this will get into um, the Twitter question that I got, uh, one of the parts of the Twitter question. Duchesne's been amazing, both down the middle and when he's been asked to play on the wing, but he's got a great set of hands and has great hockey IQ. You look at some of the passes he's made, and I go back to that Detroit Red Wings versus Predators game where he fed Victor Arvidsson with that no-look pass out in front of the net. And that was just a beautiful play and shows the capabilities of what Matt Duchesne brings to the Predators. And, you know, they gave up P.K. Subban to clear up the cap to bring in Matt Duchesne. And it's definitely worked out really well for the Predators with Duchesne grabbing 11 points. Hasn't really shown his scoring touch yet. But when you have guys like Arvidsson and Forsberg and Yossi who've been scoring goals and Duchesne's been doing the setting up, that's huge for the Preds. And I think the goals will come for Matt Duchesne, who's been off to a fantastic start this season. And he and Ryan Ellis both, as Ellis has played phenomenal on the point. It's good to see Ellis uh, leading the team in points right now and has done a fantastic job for the Predators um, so it's been a good season for Nashville with the offense so far, but let's get into this Twitter question uh, that I received, and I thank, thank you guys for all the support on that tweet, and also for uh, tuning into my Philip Tomasino report yesterday. I really appreciated all the support on that, and appreciate everyone for following Penalty Box Radio and uh, tuning in for all your latest Preds news and hockey news in general, but want to thank Matthew Hassler, who's got quite a few questions, uh, so we'll break down each of them. And the first one I'm actually going to start with that he asked, what changes are making a difference on the power play this season? And I think there's just some mental changes, but I also think the Preds have done a really good job this season making the power play set up and they don't seem to be chasing the puck around or just throwing stuff around on net. They've been doing really well setting up the power play 
and creating chances. And I think one of the best things that has happened for the Preds is Dan Lambert coming into the team has definitely helped them get this power play going. And I think, you know, having a good power play coach and Dan Lambert has done phenomenal and that has helped the Predators, you know, with this great power play start this season. But as I aforementioned, one of the best players uh, for the Predators on the power play has been Matt Duchesne. And he has definitely helped that power play open up more options. And when you have a guy that can shoot the puck like Duchesne, who has a power play goal and three power play points this year, although that's not the most, Roman Yossi with two power play goals, and four power play points as well. I I think that's huge for the Predators when you have guys like that step up again and contribute to the power play as big as they have. And you know Kyle Turris with a power play goal this year, who's a good power play asset for the Preds. Joey with a power play goal and three power play points. So you have your big guns really stepping up on the power play this season. And I think everybody getting involved to contribute to the power play, that's helped Nashville, and they've been on an incredible streak of games with a power play goal. Um, And they just continue to move the puck well. I I mean, going to that home opener and then going to see them play the Panthers in person, although the disappointing result, the power play looks so much better. They're getting so many more quality chances, and they're getting pucks to the net. I just think it's confidence. Once they got that first power play goal of the season, everything started rolling for Nashville. And I think that was huge for the Predators to have their power play back and also to have the offense just in general come back to the way it has and have some players that have stepped up this season like Kyle Turris and even Mikhail Granlin with two goals and two assists and four points. Sure, not top of the team, but still good to see Grandland putting a few more shots on net and creating some more chances and getting a couple goals. And Colton Sissons with three goals this year as well. And Matty Eckholm, uh, three goals, three assists. So Nashville's getting contributions all the way around. And this is what I'm going to stand into your second part of the question is talking about what do, what elements does it take to have a well-balanced roster and what depth players can provide. This is exactly a perfect example for Nashville. One of the teams that I always go to is another team I follow pretty closely in the Tampa Bay Lightning, is they have incredible players that would be star players on other teams that they consider to be depth players. You look at guys like Alex Kalorn, uh, Tyler Johnson, Andre Palat, couple names just out there for Tampa Bay that, you know, Palat was a star there for a while, but they're not the Steven Stamkos, Braden Point, Nikita Kucherov, Victor Hedman's of the team. They're not the star scorers but they still put pucks in the net and quietly have 50, 40 to 50 point seasons for Tampa Bay. And I know it's early here, but you look at the distribution of the points with the Predators and you have a lot of guys that have picked up the slack this year and put some pucks in the net. You know, Nick Bonino's got three goals and three assists this year. We talked about Turris's start for the Preds. Yarncrock, a goal and five assists for six points. 
Granlin, four points with two goals, two assists. Uh, Sissons, three goals, two assists for five points. So you see those guys that are necessarily not on the top line, although Yarncroc's been moving back and forth, um, that are getting points for the Predators. Rocco Grimaldi got his first goal of the season in that Ducks game. Expect him to start picking it up with him healthy again. You know, Dante Fabro on the point, that second pairing defenseman. There'll be a lot of pressure on him, but two goals from Fabro and a plus four rating. And, you know, Nashville isn't getting production from Craig Smith so far this year. Only one point in nine games for Smith, and that's just an assist. But expect to see number 15 pick it up for the Preds soon, too. But I think that that's one of the key things to having a well-balanced roster is having good depth players that maybe don't get you all the points in the world, but they can produce and put up 30 to 40 to even 50 point seasons. And you got some guys on pace for that in Nashville. And, you know, have your defensemen be as active and get involved on the offensive side, but can be strong on defense. And that's what we've seen with Roman Yossi, Ryan Ellis, Matty Ekholm, and Dante Fabro so far this season. They've put up some good offensive numbers, but they've also been good on the back end in front of Pecorine. Uh, UC Soros has had a bit of a slow start, but we expect that to pick up soon. Soros is too good a goalie to... Uh, to let this slump drag on, I think that we will see the best of UC Saros to come. I know he had a little bit of a slow start last year and then really picked it up in the uh, in sort of the winter months of the season for the Predators. So I think for that question, you look at a well-balanced roster, and depth players are my number one key. If you can have star players like a Duchesne, like a Johansson, like Yossi and Ellis, I think that's great, and Forsberg and Arvidsson. But it's key to have guys like Callie Yarncroft, Mikhail Granlin, Colton Sissons, and Rocco Grimaldi who can produce for you, much like guys on Tampa Bay. I go back to the old Chicago Blackhawks when they had guys like Brian Bickle who were contributing for them. Uh, so it's all about having those depth players that can play really well and produce some points for you and can get goals on the board. Uh, for the team, both at even strength and even shorthanded, that beautiful goal from Matty Eckholm in that um, in that Anaheim game, shorthanded to get the Frosties, was huge. And the final part of your question: uh, goalie is uh, goalies are the most important position in the NHL, right behind which uh, which other positions do you think rank the pieces in order? So that's a really good question. I think that you asked right there. Um, I do agree, having a star goalie is key. And I think that's what the Preds have been blessed with for Pecorine for so many years, a guy that they developed and called one of their own prospects that's come up through the rankings and has done extremely well. And a goalie is very key to have. I do think, for me, if we throw coaches in there, it's very key to have a good coach. And I think when Peter Laviolette came in in 2014 and 2015, it was a hire that Nashville really needed. Because under Barry Trotz, who was a phenomenal coach, a Stanley Cup winning coach with the Washington Capitals, and now the New York Islanders, um, the team was very defensive-minded. We had the star defense, but we never really had that offensive firepower. 
And we saw that shift under Peter Laviolette. They added James Neal that season, who I'll talk a bit uh, a little bit later here in my uh, preview uh, on the NHL side. And Philip Forsberg's rookie year saw him uh, have the spark he needed. Remember, Forsberg under Trotz really didn't break into the lineup. He was mainly in Milwaukee all that uh, first season, full season, that he was technically on the Predators lineup. But I think LaViolette brought that offensive mindset to the Preds that we see today while still keeping that defensive, that strong defensive core and a strong defense for the Predators. And I think a lot of that has to do with Phil Housley, too, who was here for the first couple seasons under LaViolette, who was a great defensive coach and taught the defense how to be disciplined on the offensive side of the puck and play really strong defense. And I know we've missed having Housley around who went to Buffalo as a head coach for a couple seasons, or actually I think it may have been just one year, uh, and is now with the Arizona Coyotes as an assistant coach. Um, But I think the coach is the next key. Um, For me, I'm going to be honest with you. Although I think defense is important, I think your, your centers are your next most important position after that because the center really has to be a strong two-way player. And I remember from when I was playing, I was a center. There's a lot tasked with the centerman. You have to win the face-offs. You have to be the first forward back defensively. Um, you have to kind of lead the breakout out of the zone and be that option breaking out. But you also have to be one of the better offensive players on the ice. And that's what we've seen with Matt Duchesne so far this year. They may not score a lot of goals for the Predators, like Johansson, but they have to be the guys that create the play. And that's what we've seen with Matt Duchesne's nine assists this season. We saw Johansson get 50 assists last year. We've seen Kyle Turris kind of been, been that setup man before for Nashville. But I think the centers are the next most important position because they've got to be two-way players um, and do a lot of the dirty work, as I like to say, clearing guys out of the front of the net with the defense, but also creating the play and making it happen. The next most important is your defensive core. I think that I say that, and that might be different for other teams, but when you look at what Nashville's been gifted with, with guys like Ellis and Yossi and Eckholm, who are three of the best defensemen in the league, and then you have an up-and-coming young defenseman in Dante Fabro, only in his first full season with Nashville, who had a great career at Boston University. And then you have depth guys that you can play on that third pairing with Yannick Weber and Dan Hamhuson, Matt Irwin that you can flip in and out for the Preds. I think it's nice having that core built and all the prospects that they've had. I mean, you had guys like Shea Weber here, Ryan Suter was in Nashville, P.K. Subban uh, here with the Predators as well. So they've definitely had some great depth with defense. And who can forget Seth Jones? I mean, the Preds took Seth Jones with that fourth overall pick in the 2013 draft. And when he was here, he was a younger player, but much more offensive-minded. But they were able to use that and get a top center in Ryan Johansson. And um, Johansson has worked out for the Preds really well. And now Seth Jones, one of the best defensemen in the league, 
on that top pairing for Columbus with Zach Wierenski, and definitely a defenseman to watch out for in that Norris Trophy race uh, this season. So uh, a great question. I really appreciate that. I'm going to continue to do that on these previews and NHL talks. Um, so if you guys want to get involved, you can follow me on Twitter at SamFleming10, and you'll see me put out a tweet. But also follow at Penalty Box Radio on all of our platforms. Um, so let's get into what's on tap for the NHL tonight. Some great games uh, to keep an eye on, and one of the teams I'm going to talk about is in one of the last games to discuss. Uh, the San Jose Sharks take on the Montreal Canadiens at 6 p.m. Uh, in Montreal. The Phoenix, or excuse me, Arizona Coyotes, well, that was almost a slip up, uh, take on the New York Islanders at 6 p.m. in New York. Um, I'm actually going to go see the Coyotes play this year in uh, Arizona, in Glendale. They take on the Blue Jackets in November. Might do a quick recap of my trip down there. Uh, the Carolina Hurricanes, who've been off to a strong start and have had a player that's on a phenomenal start, a guy I picked up in fantasy hockey, and Eric Halla, who scored seven goals so far for the Hurricanes, has been day-to-day with a upper body injury expected to play tonight against the Columbus Blue Jackets, who, which we just talked about, a team that went all-in last season, um, but lost Bobrovsky, Panarin, and Duchesne, and Ryan Dezingle, uh, but they've seemed to do pretty well without him. They still have Zach Wierenski and Seth Jones. Uh, and Cam Atkinson, to name a few, and Pierre-Luc Dubois, who I think is a phenomenal up-and-coming player. Uh, A New York battle as the Buffalo Sabres take on the New York Rangers' Jimmy Vesey. Uh, Some Preds fans may not want to remember that name. Uh, Comes back to take on the New York Rangers in Madison Square Garden, a team on the upswing with the additions of second overall pick Capo Caco, and who can forget the bread man, Artemi Panarin, who's been off to a strong start. We talked about the Predators taking on the Wild tonight at 7 p.m. The defending Stanley Cup champions, uh, St. Louis Blues, host the two-time Stanley Cup champion, L.A. Kings, in St. Louis at 7 p.m. Two teams that have been off to a little bit of a slow start this year uh, in the Central Division, or excuse me, not the Central Division, one of the teams in the Central Division, uh, the Anaheim Ducks, who are coming off a tough loss to the Predators, 6-1, to take on the Dallas Stars, who have had a bit of a slow start to the season. Uh, they have picked it up on a two-game win streak, though. 3-7-1 are the Stars. Uh, they're third bottom in the Central Division. The Ducks in the Pacific Division, actually, I take that back. They've had a little bit of a slow run of form, uh, but are 6-4. and four with 12 points on the season. Um, but the Stars have had a bright spot in Rope Hintz, who's been really strong for them, a guy that's flown under the radar with top players like Tyler Sagan, Jamie Benn, Alex Radulov, Jean Klinberg, um, Miro Haskin, and, and even Joe Pavelski around there. But uh, Hintz has been a strong spot for that Dallas Stars team so far this season. Uh, the Philadelphia Flyers take on the Chicago Blackhawks in uh, United Center at 7.30 p.m. The Florida Panthers, who beat the Preds in a shootout on Saturday, take on the Calgary Flames at 8 p.m. And the final game on the lineup and the team I'm going to talk a little bit about, the Washington Capitals take on the red-hot Edmonton Oilers. And 
that's the team that's going to be my focus of NHL talk here um, at the end of this segment. The Oilers have been off to a phenomenal start this season. 7-2-1 with 15 points, tops the Pacific Division, tied with the Avalanche for the lead in the Western Conference. Uh, a bit of a skid for the Oilers with a two-game losing streak. Uh, 31 goals for, though, 24 goals against, 7 uh, goal differential. But the Oilers, a team that has had so much potential over the years, has been slow to get back to their rebuild. Now it seems like the pieces are starting to come together for Edmonton at the right time. Uh, they are, they've got some decent goaltending this year. They've had uh, Miko Koskinen in that four games started, four wins for him and a 2.20 goals against average with a .934 save percentage. Mike Smith, uh, six games started, three wins, two, uh, two losses, one overtime loss for 2.14 uh, uh, goals against average and a .925 save percentage and one shutout. And who else would they be led by in points? Connor McDavid in 10 games played, 5 goals, 12 assists for 17 points. What a start for McDavid. And oh yeah, a plus 4 rating with 9 of those points coming on the power play this year for number 97, the captain for the Oilers. Uh, so a good start for McDavid. Uh, he's had some help. Leon Dreisaitl in 10 games played, uh, 6 goals, 10 assists for 16 points, plus 4, and 5 power play points. But the topic of discussion, one of my favorite players in the NHL, one of my favorite players to ever put on the Preds jersey, the real deal, James Neal, is third on the team in points. One of the hottest players in the NHL at the moment. Ten games played, nine goals, one assist, ten, uh, ten points, a plus one rating, with six power play goals. Six for James Neal and... Neil again had that offensive capability with Nashville. We saw it um, for them when he was here. But considering the season James Neal had last year in Calgary, in 63 games played, he only had seven goals and 12 assists. Um, six of those points were on the power play. Neil had a really tough year with the Flames after. Signing that big contract. I've got, I've got to look at the terms of the deal that he signed. But Edmonton and Calgary swapped, as they call them, albatross contracts for albatross contracts. Um, Milan Lucic going to the Flames and still been the same Lucic. Has been on a bit of a decline. But people didn't know how Neil would do in Edmonton. And he's just picked it up. He's picked up where he left off when he was playing with Vegas, um, where the previous season, the first season for the Golden Knights, he had 25 goals and 19 assists for them. And again, back to the form that he's been looking for, including having that four-goal game against the New York Islanders. So what has gone well for James Neal to help the Oilers to this great start? And I just think when you watch James Neal, he looks happier in that Edmonton team, and who wouldn't be on a team surrounded by McDavid and Dreisaitl? But, you know, you've got guys like Nugent Hopkins, who's still there, Oscar Clefbaum, Darnell Nurse, 
Zach Cassian even picking up some slack for him. Again, there we talk about depth players who've been pretty strong for the Edmonton Oilers. But James Neal has just been able to produce at the rate that we all remember. The real deal, James Neal, not falling off a cliff, still playing strong at 32 years of age with that big contract. And when he's scoring on the power play like that, six goals on the power play, that's a huge asset that any team would love to have. And I remember when Neil was a free agent last year, I was really hoping the Preds could try to work something out to bring him in, but he just wanted too much money uh, to come back to Nashville. I don't even know if it was in the discussion, but you saw the contract that he signed. I'm actually going to pull up the numbers now um, for James Neal. But Neal's a guy that, you know, maybe his skating has slowed down a little bit when we saw him in Calgary, but he really seems to be back to the same player that he was when he was playing for Dallas and Pittsburgh, and then when he came to Nashville for three seasons, and just proving that last year was a bit of a fluke season. So uh, he signed a five-year contract at a cap hip of $5.75 million with Calgary, only to put up seven goals and uh, 12 assists for them. Or Let me make sure on my numbers there. Um, seven goals and 12 assists. Yeah, 19 points for James Neal. Uh, but this year, making that contract look worthwhile for the Edmonton Oilers, who had Lucic mainly there to be sort of a enforcer player. Uh, at that time, you know, a lot of teams were pursuing Milan Lucic in that 15-16 free agency um, because he could still put the puck in the net and produce, but he was still that tough and physical guy to defend your star players. But after he signed that deal with Edmonton, it really backfired on the Oilers, and they got their money's worth and gets James Neal back, who has been the producer for the pre, uh, for the Oilers that they really needed so that it can take a little bit of the weight off Connor McDavid. Now, he's on a bit of a drought. Um, <laughs> last two games, which have been two losses, uh, no points for James Neal, but uh, that happens in the NHL season. So um, I, I think Neal has been a huge help for the Oilers, but when you have McDavid having the start that he's had in Dreisaitl, putting up the numbers that you expect for the Oilers. This is a team that's really looking to get back to the playoffs this season with this core, and I absolutely think they can be in the playoff run, but they've got to keep their heads about them and stay strong. And this could be a team to watch out for in the NHL this season is the Edmonton Oilers with McDavid and Dreisaitl and James Neal um, having the start that they've had. So to wrap it up, I'm not going to give a prediction on the score, but I'm just going to talk about the, the Wild and Preds game and finish this wrap-up up. Uh, again, a team, a Minnesota Wild team that's on a little bit of a momentum streak with two wins and hungry to get back on the right track. So the Preds know what they're facing. Uh, they're going to be coming in against a team that does have some speed and is very aggressive. Um, but with Nashville being on a strong offensive start, home at the Bridgestone Arena, Always loud in that building and always fun to play in front of the home fans for the Preds. 
I think this can be a good game for Nashville to get another win. And, you know, it'll be a fight, but they're going to be strong. My player to watch tonight for the Preds, um, I'm not going to give one of the star players, but I'm going to give a guy that has been on the up and up uh, so far this season with a strong start. I'm going to say keep your eyes on Kyle Turris tonight. I think that he can get involved, maybe not with some goals, but keep your eyes on him. He's been really good about passing the puck this season. He's had better hockey vision for the Preds. So I'm going to say give Kyle Turris uh, an eye, number eight for the Preds. And obviously, I'll just say it. Keep your eyes on Matt Duchesne and Robin Yossi and Ryan Ellis, the top three scorers who've been off to a strong start for the Preds. You can tune in to Penalty Box Radio uh, throughout the day to get you set for tonight's game at the Bridgestone Arena between the Predators and the Wild. Tune in to our Justin Bradford, who will always have updates throughout the game and other Penalty Box Radio crew who will be reporting from the Preds and Wild game tonight. And again, thank you for joining us here on this preview. I'm Sam Fleming, and have a good rest of the day, and go Preds!